Welcome to One Man Brand Radio with Ray Sagern, the radio show for entrepreneurs and business owners, leaders, and dreamers. Learn more at newsradioklbj.com and onemanbrandradio.com. Now, here's Ray. Yes, indeed. This is One Man Brand Radio here on News Radio KLBJ. One Man Brand Radio is the radio show for entrepreneurs, for business owners and CEOs, managers and leaders, and, and all of you out there who've decided to become your own boss. Welcome. We've got a Facebook page. You can find links to all of our previous episodes and podcasts. We're on Twitter and Instagram at One Man Brand Radio and our website where it's all archived, onemanbrandradio.com. So we've been doing the show now for what, just coming up on four months. And we continue to experiment with different topics that we talk about, uh, different type of guests, whether it's uh, local entrepreneurs. And, and I'm just super excited for the guests that we've got this morning. And for only the second time, devoting an entire show to one guest. And it's my old friend, Chris Hyams, who's the president of Indeed.com. Chris, welcome to One Man Brand Radio. Thanks for having me, Ray. Great to be here. So obviously our history goes back. I was up the hall doing a chill music Sunday morning radio show and and Emmis at the time, you know, where radio was in 2006, 7, 8, and 9, uh, uh, different, radio was in a different place and, and I really got the opportunity to do this sort of free form thing. It was not just the music. I, I could play whatever music I wanted, but for a while anyway, for a couple of years, you could go back through the archives and have this, this great collection of filmmakers and musicians and performers and artist and it was just it was a fantastic time and that's where we first met because I was a fan of your company B-Side so tell the story of that and maybe what you learned as an entrepreneur from that experience. Sure the idea behind B-Side was really simple which was that there were tens of thousands of great films being made that never could reach an audience because of the economic structure of the film business um, which favored like the music business the big films kind Mm -hmm. of like the the big acts. The, the focus really was on film festivals. There are 4,000 film festivals around the world. And what we wanted to do was have the audience to have some kind of say in which are the films that uh, had had some potential market because those decisions had been made by a couple of film executives who'd go around to the same film festivals and make their own decisions. This is the precursor of the, of the data stuff we were talking about on the exactly. whole show. Okay, good. And, uh, and a lot of this stuff now in 2016 is obvious. In 2005, people gave me blank stares when I talked about the, the wisdom of the crowds and letting you know, audience members make decisions. Sure. Uh, I think this stuff is all kind of obvious now. But so the idea is we partnered with film festivals. We built a platform for film festivals to market their, their festivals, the films, scheduling, ticketing, um, allowed people to watch trailers, and then essentially review the film so they could uh, rate and review the films. They could get recommendations of the films during the festivals. And what we were doing is really building a market research firm that was collecting data at hundreds of festivals around the world around which the films that audiences were aware of, interested Mm -hmm. in, and what they loved and what they didn't love. The original idea was that we were going to then take this data and sell it to film companies that, of course, would be interested in real empirical data. Mm -hmm. Turns out they were not interested at all in real empirical data. So what we had to do then was essentially say, okay, well, let's, how can we use this data ourselves? So we ended up building our own film distribution business. That was Mm -hmm. the the first pivot. And really, the idea all came from, if you've read the book or seen the movie Moneyball, that was the idea. I was working Mm -hmm. at another tech company here in Austin. I uh, read Moneyball on a a long business trip and came back and quit my job and said, I'm going to (laughs) go do 
do this for the film yeah. business. Um, and the story of Moneyball is really the same story that happened to us, which is that this guy, Bill James, came up with these great mathematical models for how to make decisions in baseball, spent 20 years trying to sell it to Major League Baseball. No one was interested. Mm-hmm. And until Billy Bean came around and had his own team and used that data to make decisions, did anything actually happen? Mm-hmm. So. Phase two was build our own film distribution business. It was an amazing experience because we found that, yes, the data actually did indicate what films audiences were interested in. In particular, we were able to do amazing work with documentaries about music, where there was huge built-in interest and passion from fans. And we built essentially a crowdsourced model where people could Mm -hmm. market films on their own. They could build their own screenings. People could crowdsource the distribution of films by hosting their own screenings, inviting people, and really doing the work to market the films that then later they could go ahead and sell DVDs and make money from. Tell me the story about how you you stumbled on the Visioneers, which was an early film of a burgeoning uh, actor named Zach Galifianakis, right? This is obviously pre-Hangover, and right as he's starting to blow up, you find yourself sort of the caretaker of this, this interesting little film. Yeah, so that that was a you know a perfect success story. That film premiered at the Austin Film Festival. Like a lot of small films, it got I think the 10 a.m. Tuesday slot. Um, (laughs) But the people who were there in the Paramount Theater when that film first showed lost their minds. It's it's a somebody described the movie as uh, Office Space meets 1984. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of a dystopian future office. Little Brazil splashed in there. Yeah, yeah, very dark comedy with this guy who was a a stand-up comic who was about to blow up because Hangover came out about mm-hmm. three months afterwards. Mm-hmm. We looked at the data. I actually saw the data from the first one and ran to the next screening to mm-hmm. go see the film, met the filmmakers, and very quickly they got the vision, which is this film is not going to get wide release in you know in the Regal theaters, but a bunch of people would be interested, and we were able to launch the film. Zach helped out a lot, which was really great, as he started to get some success and did mm-hmm. a lot of promotion uh, for it. We ended up hosting about 400 screenings of the film, and, uh, and the DVD ended up being released and and doing you know reaching the right audience that it never would have been able to reach if it was left to it on its own get you out of here on this one what's your own particular spin on the generic question advice for up-and-coming entrepreneurs people who are becoming business owners for the first time it's a big part of what uh, of the audience i'm looking to reach with the show that people who are making that entrepreneurial leap for the very first time yeah so having been someone who started his own business which then did not succeed so we had a great six-year run but at the end of the day you know, ran out of money and, and, and sold the company. The lesson that I got from it and the way that I've explained it to people since then is that to be an entrepreneur, I think you have to be, there's, there's sort of two qualities that are really important. You have to be equal parts Don Quixote and Mr. Spock. The Don Quixote part is you have to wake up every morning and believe that everyone else is wrong because mm-hmm. no, no entrepreneur is doing something that you know, has already been done a thousand times. You're trying to do something new and unique, either try to take another piece of a market that exists or try to create something new. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to put on that hat and just ignore all of the naysayers and still wake up every morning and, and go mm-hmm. tilt at those windmills. Then, at least once a week... My, or, by, by the way, my business yeah. partner, Roy H. Williams, is going to love that particular part of it. Yeah. Now, what about the Mr. Spock part? So, you know, at once a month or maybe once a week, you then have to take that hat off and put the Mr. Spock hat on, which is you have to be completely dispassionate, unemotional, and logical, and look at the facts and say, is this thing working? Is it not? Is there something that we can do to change that? And you'll find a lot of entrepreneurs who tend to be all Mr. Spock or all uh, Don Quixote. They tend to either be extremely conservative or 
or crazy aggressive and, and get into a lot of trouble. So a good partnership, sometimes if you have two people working you together, one, one you can get one of each, or uh -huh. the rare person can be both. It's really important to be able to know when things are working and when you need to, to shift gears, but you can't shift gears every five minutes. So mm -hmm. I think those qualities are both important. Get comfortable with them and recognize the fact that um, you can't do both at the same time. Mm -hmm. When you're all in, you have to be all in. When you're looking at the facts, you have to look at the facts. And not all of these businesses work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, most startups do fail. But I, everything that I learned in the six years of trying to build B-Side is what made me able to take the, the job when I started at, at Indeed and, uh, and to be able to, to help um, this business grow over the last six years. I feel like I want to have you actually drop that mic. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. This is One Man Brand Radio here on News Radio KLBJ. Our guest this morning is Chris Himes. He's the president of Indeed.com, based here in Austin. So as we talk about Indeed.com, aggregator, I guess, is the term, right? It, it, it pulls information in the same way Google does for job seekers, yes? Right. So that was the idea that Ronnie and Paul hit on was what needed to be done was just bring the model of search directly to the job space. So instead of having people come and post those jobs, we now crawl... 200,000 different sources mm -hmm. all over the world, uh, more than 16 million jobs on the site. So instead of just the jobs that someone placed there, it's all the jobs that we can find anywhere in the world, bring it all into one place. So from a job seeker perspective, you do a single search, you can find every job that's available. From an employer perspective, the other insight was to bring the what is now well understood pay for performance model directly to online jobs that didn't exist before. So an employer all of the jobs that are on Indeed, they're on for free always. And if an employer wants more job applicants, they can pay for additional uh, promotional placement, essentially, on the site. And only if someone actually clicks on their job and comes to their site do they pay. So we're aligned with employers. They pay only for the applicants they get. And from a job seeker perspective, all the jobs are in one place. So as I was telling you, Chris, earlier in the show, I knew you before Indeed, and that be became the way that I connected the dots, and then I learned more about it. But for people who aren't your friends on Facebook like I am, uh, tell us your history with Indeed and how you came to be the president. So of the, the company, company launched in 2004, um, grew very rapidly, very quickly. I, like you, had never actually heard of the company. Uh, my previous company, which again, we might talk about later, wound down in 2010, and I was looking for my next opportunity and basically thought that I knew all of the companies in Austin and so met with all the the usual suspects and through my network and then got introduced to Ronnie Kahan, who was the co-founder of Indeed here in Austin, and in very short order figured out that what they had done was something that, frankly, I'd never seen with another company in Austin, which was a highly profitable, already in 2010, rapidly growing company that actually solved a real meaningful problem in the world. We'll pick up the conversation, in fact, next when One Man Brand Radio continues here on News Radio KLBJ.
I see you working long hours in your business, but when will you take some time to work on your business? It's Ray from One Man Brand Radio here on KLBJ, and I've been invited to participate in a very cool business strategy and planning event in 2017 that's designed for local owner-operated businesses just like yours. It's called Ad Talks, A-D-T-A-L-K-S, and you can find more information at adtalks.org. I'm honored to be invited because the presenters include local luminaries and best-selling authors and some of the brightest business-building minds out there. Day one is a series of TED-style talks designed to get you to see your business with fresh eyes, and then on day two, we'll break off into small groups, giving each business owner an opportunity to work privately with a small group of consultants and address exactly what is required for them to break through in 2017. This is a serious business event for serious business owners. Register before January 15th, save $500. Use the coupon code KLBJ, save another $500. AdTalks.com. You're listening to One Man Brand Radio with Ray Sagern on News Radio KLBJ. Now, here's Ray. Yes, indeed. One Man Brand Radio here on News Radio KLBJ. This is the radio show for entrepreneurs and business owners, CEOs, managers, leaders, everybody who's decided to become their own boss. Welcome to One Man Brand Radio. Our guest this morning is Chris Himes. He's the president of Indeed.com, which is the world's largest job search engine. Yes? Yep. More people find their jobs around the world on Indeed than anywhere else. So getting back to Indeed University, so if I understand this right, you had a class of 15 and a class of 16. Who was the bright, shining star of the first class that you had? So one of the most surprising ones to come out in 2015 is a new product we have called JobSpotter. JobSpotter is a mobile application, Android or iOS. You can go download it today in the App Store that allows anyone essentially to post a job to Indeed by walking around and taking a picture of a help wanted sign. The team basically looked at... Sign in the window, marquee, uh, yep. on a on a community bulletin board, could anywhere. Be, could be Joe's Pizza, could be a retail shop. One mm-hmm. of the, the insights the team had is that there's millions of jobs that are not online. And mm-hmm. Indeed can help people find jobs online, but there's tons and tons of jobs around the world that are not, not online anywhere. And so they had this idea, which is that if you could take a picture of a help wanted sign and put that up on Indeed, then job seekers would be interested. So Chris, I think JobSpotter, it, it's a game changer, it seems like. It's, it's really fascinating, and, and I think it kind of harkens back to the innovation of moving forward. Because I, I let's talk, let, and, and let me just, the result of it is that we now have, since we launched in April, more than 500,000 jobs have been posted by more than 100,000 people all over the U.S. And in fact, it's the number two most popular source of jobs on Indeed in the entire U.S. and number four worldwide. And so this is an idea that, you know, three 22-year-olds came up with and has been the biggest innovation in our ability to find new jobs. And I have to say uh, that the most important learning for me coming out of this is that I told these guys when they pitched it that it was a terrible idea and it wouldn't work. And that was because we had actually had a bunch of really smart people with MBAs who'd done a bunch of research and they'd talked to employers and they put together spreadsheets and models and they had demonstrated very, very clearly that there's no way that this could work. We couldn't scale it. It was going to be too expensive and no one, no one cared about it. And when I gave this feedback to the team, they said, thank you for sharing and went ahead and did it anyway. <laughs> and so the, the most important lesson in the way that we've been yeah. thinking about it ever since is that you know, the, the greatest enemy to innovation is certainty. Mm. That when a company starts to think that we know better 
because mm-hmm. we've been doing this longer and you start to shut down new ideas, that's basically when innovation dies. And really the smartest thing I did last summer was to not say no to these new ideas. And that's the most important aspect of entrepreneurialism and innovation is to not say no to new ideas. This is One Man Brand Radio here on News Radio KLBJ. Our guest this morning, Chris Hyams, he's the president of Indeed.com based in Austin. Did I hear that right? 200 million job searchers per month, 2 billion queries per month. Correct. Around the world. Around the world. I'm interested to know what you've seen and learned as you've traveled the globe. And some of it I've seen on your on your Facebook timeline. Right. But talk to me about Indeed University. And as I see it, there's a ton of companies that the iconic one that comes to mind is Hamburger University for McDonald's mm. back in the day. And I guess franchises historically have used that term to bring in franchisees to immerse them, indoctrinate them in company culture. It means something entirely different at Indeed.com. Yeah. Interestingly, the goal is exactly the same. So really on the surface, this is a program to help onboard our new product and engineering hires. So we hire from colleges all around the world. Indeed University takes all of our new college hires from the engineering product and and marketing as well from our different engineering locations. We've got offices here in Austin, but also San Francisco, Seattle, Tokyo, and Hyderabad bring all the students here together. And they're in Austin for 12 weeks during the summer. And yes, the goal is to onboard them, to make them effective employees. But the way that we do that, as opposed to making them sit through lectures and study how we work and learn the tools, is we throw them in and immediately say, your job is to build new startups within Indeed. Yeah, so I mean, usually it's the didactic download from the authority figure, here is the information to internalize, and and there's probably some degree of that, but... It's almost like here's the deep end of the pool. Let's let's see what you got. Right? Yeah, they get they get a few days of intro to here are problems that face job seekers that we know of. Here are problems that face employers. Here's what the HR space as a whole looks like. Now go ahead and come up with your own ideas. And it's really completely driven by the new hires. And so uh, last. So how long? How, how when, when did you start this? We started in the summer 2015. Okay. Uh, we had 55 new hires that summer. They launched 11 new startups. And every single one of those was an idea that that they had. They formed teams. We actually, the most important thing is that none of, while the executive team was involved and they came and pitched their ideas and we gave their our feedback to them, no one sat in judgment to either endorse or cut a project. The only thing required for a project to go through was that whoever was pitching it had to convince two other people to spend the summer with them. And so the, the currency was time rather than money, although we did give them a marketing budget. Mm-hmm. We gave them support from the entire company and anything they needed. But they came up with their own ideas. They launched these products, and we just sat with them every single week and said, really, it was all around the indoctrination was as a business we live and die by data. So we are completely data-driven. We use data to make every single decision in the company. And the indoctrination was to teach them how to use data to make decisions. So I basically individually met with every single product team every single week for the 12 weeks of the program and asked them at 10 minutes and asked them three questions. What data did you collect last week? What decisions did you make because of that data? And what are you doing next week? And that was the process with for how they learned. And There's a lot of business owners across a lot of categories that could, could use that advice. Absolutely. And, yeah. and using data to make decisions is, is really the fundamental thing that we do as a business. And, and if I have any advice to, to anyone, it's what data do you have and how can you use that to make decisions? And if you don't have the data, how can you go get it? 
My favorite saying with my clients right now is, in God we trust, everyone else should bring their data. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, no, that's fair. And, and it, you know, our, our version of that is um, if you can measure it, you can improve it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the corollary to that is if you can't measure something, there's absolutely no way that you can improve it. So we, as an, as an organization, we're constantly experimenting. We have mm-hmm. more than 450 A-B tests running um, nice. all over the site right now at any point in time. And our data is actually really clear. 70% of the experiments we run fail, meaning that they fail to improve some metric. They're either neutral nice. or negative, which means that most of the time your ideas are wrong. And it's a really humbling but important lesson to learn. This is One Man Brand Radio here on News Radio KLBJ. For business owners out there, a great portable uh, system on that. Uh, Vern Harnish, Mastering the Rockefeller Habits. Great book to read. If you've got a smaller business and you need a jumping off point for things Chris is talking about, we will take a quick break. We've got the news coming up and we'll rejoin our conversation with Chris Hyams from Indeed.com. We'll do it next when One Man Brand Radio continues here on News Radio KLBJ. I see you working long hours in your business, but when will you take some time to work on your business? It's Ray from One Man Brand Radio here on KLBJ, and I've been invited to participate in a very cool business strategy and planning event in 2017 that's designed for local owner-operated businesses just like yours. It's called Ad Talks, A-D-T-A-L-K-S, and you can find more information at adtalks.org. I'm honored to be invited because the presenters include local luminaries and best-selling authors and some of the brightest business building minds out there. Day one is a series of TED-style talks designed to get you to see your business with fresh eyes, and then on day two we'll break off into small groups, giving each business owner an opportunity to work privately with a small group of consultants and address exactly what is required for them to break through in 2017. This is a serious business event for serious business owners. Register before January 15th, save $500. Use the coupon code KLBJ, save another $500. AdTalks.org. You're listening to One Man Brand Radio with Ray Sagern on News Radio KLBJ. Now, here's Ray. All right, we're heading into the home stretch with Chris Hyams from Indeed.com. Now, before the news, Chris, we were talking about Indeed University. We talked specifically about JobSpotter, the program. That's so fascinating that all the powers that be said, no, this won't work. But your team of upstarts pushed through, and it's been this game changer. It's been a, it's been a truly forging an innovation model of your company that really almost obliterates the the borders of what you were before, right? Absolutely. And and that's just the success we've seen here in the US right now. When we think about places like Southeast Asia or India, where there's way more jobs that are not online than the mm-hmm. ones that are online, this could have a huge impact globally and how people find jobs. 
So that's the crown jewel of the program. Right. And it's a great backstory that it is, in fact, innovation on those terms, right? Raging against the machine, the powers, the smart guys with the MBAs. And I appreciate the honesty on that. Give me an example of one that you were sure would work, but didn't quite pan out. Well, I don't know about sure would work because if you do this long enough, you lose the certainty that anything is going to work. So, so uh, I can tell you one that was right my, quick, though, right my, quick. But before yeah. we do that, uh, certainty is the enemy of uh, certainty is the, the greatest enemy to innovation is certainty. The greatest enemy to innovation is certainty. All right. So that, what, that's become a new mantra for us. I love yeah. it. I love it. So, um, so, so, so this one that summer, you are confident yeah, of. Well, anyway. Let me talk about one this summer that I was particularly excited about that where there's a real business need and where the team did not succeed at building a product to solve that problem, but still we consider a great success. And honestly, like I said, the real reason for Indeed University is to teach people how to think. So there's no failures from that definition. And this is not me saying everyone gets a gold ribbon. This is me saying the goal of Indeed University is for people to learn how to think and how to make decisions using data. There was a group this summer that started a project they called Indeed Restart, which was focused on one of the most significant problems in employment in the U.S., which is people with a criminal record. Mm -hmm. Um, The numbers are kind of staggering. One in four Americans has a criminal record, which is an amazing thing to ponder. And there's unbelievable data about the number of people who are coming out of prison every year, and in Mm -hmm. particular, people with a felony on the record have a terrible time finding work. But there's also all this amazing data that shows that the recidivism rates for uh, felon uh, drop by almost 70% if they can find meaningful work in the first 30 days. Mm-hmm. And there are a number of employers who will hire people with a criminal background, but they don't advertise that because you might not walk as happily into yeah. your favorite retail chain if you knew that there was potentially someone with mm-hmm. a criminal record working there. So our mission for this team was how can we connect these people who are looking for work with employers. Mm -hmm. Um, They found, not surprisingly, a huge amount of interest from job seekers with a criminal record. They actually found a number of employers who were happy to work with us, but it was incredibly arduous work. And they spend more time talking on the phone than talking talking to legal and talking to different groups within the company before they could actually get to the job that they could get online. Given a limited number of weeks of this project and on time, they could not prove that we could scale this out. But everyone got really excited about it. They also got a huge amount of interest from both local and state and, in fact, national government. They actually, the last week before the the project ended, um, they had a call with the Undersecretary of Labor from uh, the Obama administration, who was really interested in trying to figure out how to solve this problem. So while that did not continue as a new product at Indeed that we've launched, it's something that now half the people in the company continue to talk about every time we hear stories on the news. We're looking for ways to, to come back to try to solve this problem. So while we didn't quote, succeed by building a new successful product, it got us thinking about ways where we can use the power that we have to help people who have a really tough time finding jobs to find work in the future. It's been a few years since I've sat next to you, and actually the last time was at South by Southwest, would have been four or five years ago, when uh, you and your daughter sat next to me and my daughter at uh, the Big Easy Express screening that uh, ended up uh, some of the guys from uh, the bands featured in that uh, played afterwards at the Paramount. But uh, so in that time since then, you've become the president of Indeed.com and Indeed.com is kind of a big deal now. And so uh, I'm super grateful and and happy to have you on the show. Thanks for being here, man. It's my pleasure to be here. um, And I appreciate the help you gave me 
back uh, however many years ago when you put me on your show when I was looking for help. You know, back in the day, your film company, uh, I was a fan of a lot of the stuff that you put out, and you were on my show, uh, the Chillville show, up the dial there. But for now, let me give you my experience of how I became aware of Indeed. And, you know, my business, my, you know, my day job is uh, I've got my own business. I'm an entrepreneur and uh, it's an ad agency and I consult a lot of local owner operated companies. And so recruiting is always a thing. It's, a, it's an ongoing challenge, you know, especially in, in a good economy. Finding good workers is hard for companies. It's, it's an ongoing challenge. And as the marketing guy, nothing is worse than to build these brands and to build these marketing campaigns. Campaigns. The worst thing would be for a home service company not to have, for example, not to have the bandwidth to be able to take the calls, you know, to respond to to the work that we're providing for them, which comes back to finding good employees, right? And so we're friends on Facebook, and I'm seeing you've taken this job at Indeed.com. I was like, okay, well, there's a ton of startups around Austin, but I don't know what Indeed is. And then the first one of my clients mentions it. And at that moment, I was like, still, okay, whatever. You know, so, But the glean of recognition, oh, that's Chris, right? <laughs> and, and I think you were the vice president at the time, maybe. And then another client mentions it. And then another client mentions it. So pretty much now I'm getting to the point where I'm name dropping you. Oh, yeah, that company's here in Austin. Yeah, they're great. I I know the VP over there, right? But give us a little bit of the history of Indeed for people who are listening, maybe who don't know what it is. Give us the history of the company and your history inside it. Well, Indeed was founded in 2004 by two gentlemen, one here in Austin, a guy named Ronnie Kahan, and one in Stamford, Connecticut, a guy named Paul Forster. And they had met actually almost a decade before in a graduate program, an MBA program in France, and their interests had intersected and their wives had conspired to try to get them to do something together, but they ended up going their different ways. And they, uh, at least the story goes. Paul at the time was working at the IMF, I believe, and he was in the UK and was on the phone with Ronnie and was looking at a pile of resumes and said, you know, I can't believe here it is 1999 and we're still sifting through paper resumes. And so they came up with this idea. At the time, there were a number of job boards, Monster, Career Builder. They were sort of, if you were looking for a job online, you would go to these different job boards and see the the jobs that, that might be there. And they came up with this idea to build a job board just for financial services jobs, because Paul was trying to hire a bunch of people in finance and was having a tough time reaching success with these other online sites. So they launched a company back in 1999. Uh, it's called, with the clever name, Jobs in the Money. Jobs and in the Money. Jobs <laughs> in the Money. And it was all jobs for finance professionals. And they started the company with Paul in Stanford, Connecticut, and they built the sales and client services team out there. Ronnie was here in Austin, and they built out the product and technology team. And they hit some very early success, and then the timing turned out to be really fortuitous. The Sarbanes-Oxley Act was passed very soon afterwards, and suddenly every major corporation in the U.S. needed an army of auditors. They all went to their site. The site got very successful very, very quickly. And in building a successful company, and this is one of the things that happens, and I'm, I'm sure some of your listeners have had this experience, if you do something and then suddenly it's successful and it starts to, to grow and scale, 
sometimes you realize all the things that are wrong with it. And <laughs> okay. in building a successful business, they figured out that they had actually built the wrong business. Because huh. um, the problem that they were trying to solve was that these job boards weren't working, and they thought that the answer was build something small and niche just for a certain type of professional. What they found was actually that the whole job board model was hopelessly broken. And essentially, the way job boards work, it's just a classified ads model. And for all the reasons that now in 2016, it's obvious that classified ads don't work, that's what they found. So the problem with job boards, it's really twofold. If you think about it from the perspective of a job seeker, back in now 2004, when they were um, realizing this and, and thinking that it was time to move on to something new, if you wanted to find a job, you would have to go to dozens or hundreds of different job sites just to ensure that you could find all the jobs because each site just had the jobs that somebody paid to post on that site. Be kind of like if you imagine something like Google where the only sites that were on Google were ones that someone paid to put on there. Right. Clearly, mm -hmm. you wouldn't be able to find all the world's information. Mm -hmm. So for a job seeker, incomplete information, um, having to go to a bunch of different sites is, is a huge downside. From an employer perspective, it's just like classified ads. It's a pay for placement model. So you pay $500 to post a job, say, on a monster.com. And you might get 100 applicants to that job. You might get five applicants to that job, but you still paid the same amount. This is One Man Brand Radio here on News Radio KLBJ with our guest this morning, Chris Hyams from Indeed.com, the president of Indeed.com, uh, a website, a company that is really changing the world in so many ways. So let's talk about that for a second. And very specifically, the thing that's coming to my mind is you're in a hotel. I forget exactly where it was, but because we've been friends on Facebook for so many years, recently, as this job, this, this career opportunity has taken you around the world, it's been interesting to watch. I mean, you were, there was political insurrection going on outside your hotel, right? You got the moment, don't leave the hotel, right? That happens. We have sites in over 60 countries around the world. We have offices in, in 12 different countries, and I do get to, to go and visit out there. And one of the interesting things that we get to do is understand how work is so important culturally everywhere. And given that cultures are different, work plays a very different role. One of the things that we look at that's most interesting is in the U.S., the average turnover, so turnover means how long does someone stay in a job before they go into another job. The average mm -hmm. turnover in the U.S. is about 4.6 years. In Japan, it's closer to 19 years. So people usually have two jobs or so in their lifetime. It's a very different consideration when someone is looking for a job. It's almost more like looking for a house or getting married. Wow. In India, the average turnover is about one year. So if you think about the difference between looking for work or hiring in a world where people are changing jobs every year or every 19 years, it's a very, very different environment. So how we can build one product that works for all those types of job seekers and all those types of employers becomes a really interesting challenge. How is the changing nature of employment, the changing nature of definition of a job, definition of a career, and I guess it, it really is... Is ethnocentric the right word? It means different things in different cultures, obviously, right? It's it's certainly different in different countries around the world. It's also very different generationally. Our parents' generation, a lot of people went to go work at a GE or a GM, and that's where they worked for life. And today, that average turnover in the U.S. used to be 20 years. It's now 4.6 years. Our daughters, when they're surveyed, people of this new kind of generation, the millennials, they believe that they'll have 10 or more jobs in their lifetime, and it you know could be more like 20. Mm -hmm. So um, the, the nature of work definitely has changed dramatically. There's a huge amount of 
interest in flexible and part-time work because people who need supplemental income or people who are taking care of a family member and have odd schedules, this whole on-demand economy has really shown that there's this huge interest. Companies like Uber and Lyft and Postmates and all these different kind of companies who are, who are doing work like that, that the nature of work, I think we're only beginning to see how much it's going to change over the next couple of decades. What's the scale of the impact that Indeed has? You have to have a bigger scale of impact than a lot of small countries. Right? Yeah, I mean, the, the way that we look at it, more people around the world find their jobs on Indeed than anywhere else. In fact, there's a third-party research in the U.S. that's been done over the last five years that have shown uh, last year, for example, was the most recent data that of external hires in the U.S., not only were more people hired on Indeed than anywhere else, it was actually 58% of all external hires came through Indeed. So that's more than all other sources combined. So the way that we look at it globally is that we, you know, we get to help more people find jobs than pretty much the leader of any nation around the world. And that's uh, with great power comes great responsibility. So, so let's we talk take about that. Very, that. Very seriously. Talk, to, talk to me about that. How do you how do you how do you handle that responsibility? Uh, I'm sure it requires a degree of decorum, uh, choosing, I, I don't know. Sometimes to, to be Switzerland in certain scenarios, metaphorically. Well, and, and this is where getting back to that, that mission of we help people get jobs, part of the important part in there is that we put job seekers first in, mm -hmm. in every single place that we can. So that means when it comes to things like protecting the privacy of a job seeker, when a job seeker has a resume on Indeed, we protect their telephone number and their email address. And if an employer wants to contact them, they have to go through Indeed, and it's up to the job seeker to decide whether they want to share that information. Mm -hmm. Decisions like that where, frankly, we have some employers who might say, hey, I really just want the telephone number because I want to call them. We believe that if we put the job seeker first and we protect them, because job seekers are the ones in this situation that have less power. And so we want to create as, as much as possible you know, a playing field where, where the job seeker has someone on their side. This is One Man Brand Radio here on News Radio KLBJ. I'm Ray Segern. This is Chris Himes. He's our guest uh, this morning here on the show, the president of Indeed.com. So let's get back to your globe trotting though, because I'm just curious what is what's the safety protocol that uh, <laughs> that you take along with you? I can't even begin to imagine. I mean, I I've given a speech in Guatemala, okay, and I noticed the living conditions between the four star hotel and the university where I was doing the speech was an interesting contrast. But as I look back on it, there were no safety protocols, but for the most part. I don't know, man. You tell me. It's like, I, do you I, just have f just faith that it's all going to work out? Or yeah, I've I've traveled quite a bit. I've never felt un unsafe in my travels, um, mm -hmm. and most of the places um, where where I go, there's nothing to be concerned about. The whole time that I'm traveling, I'm always with folks from out there, and mm -hmm. I generally feel like if I'm traveling with locals, I'm generally in good hands. Again, a lot of the places I go. That's not a concern at all. There was, you mentioned the the incident where there was some local civil unrest when I was in Bangalore. That's something that is part of how things operate out there. And, and I was with locals and they were very comfortable with what was going on. And we obviously that mm -hmm. hotel was shut down and we had to spend some time holed up in our rooms. But that's not something that I've really been concerned about. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back to wrap up the show with Chris Himes from Indeed.com when One Man Brand Radio continues here on News Radio KLBJ.
I see you working long hours in your business, but when will you take some time to work on your business? It's Ray from One Man Brand Radio here on KLBJ, and I've been invited to participate in a very cool business strategy and planning event in 2017 that's designed for local owner-operated businesses just like yours. It's called Ad Talks, A-D-T-A-L-K-S, and you can find more information at adtalks.org. I'm honored to be invited because the presenters include local luminaries and best-selling authors and some of the brightest business-building minds out there. Day one is a series of TED-style talks designed to get you to see your business with fresh eyes, and then on day two, we'll break off into small groups, giving each business owner an opportunity to work privately with a small group of consultants and address exactly what is required for them to break through in 2017. This is a serious business event for serious business owners. Register before January 15th, save $500. Use the coupon code KLBJ, save another $500. AdTalks.org. You're listening to One Man Brand Radio with Ray Sagern on News Radio KLBJ. Now, here's Ray. All right, Chris, we're back to wrap it up. Thanks so much for spending the whole hour with us. And I was 100% right. We could have done two full shows. Maybe we'll, we'll, have, to have, you, we'll have to have you back, man, at some point. But let's, let's gaze into the crystal ball. And specifically, let's have you gaze into your crystal ball. I'm curious, do, where do you see Indeed five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? That's a, that's a fair question. We spend a lot of time thinking about a couple of different things. So one is we are a global company. We operate in more than 60 countries around the world. We still have a lot of work to do to be the number one site in every single country that we're in. And so we're working a lot of our global expansion has to do with ensuring that people know who we are everywhere around the world. And the fact that you didn't know who we were when I started Indeed six years ago, I didn't know who Indeed was. Job seekers tend to know us well, but from an employer perspective, you know, it's really important. And in fact, you know, small businesses and entrepreneurs are actually a really important part of our market. And so one of the things that Indeed has been able to do is provide a great platform for hiring for small businesses that didn't really exist before, because most Mm -hmm. other sites are focused on how do we help the big brands. We work with all of the big brands around the world, but we also work with hundreds of thousands of small businesses because you can come on to Indeed and post a job for free and manage your candidates for free. There's no cost at all just to use it. And it's only if an employer wants to get more applications that they can optionally choose to sponsor them to to help increase their exposure. But working with small businesses uh, around the world has been really important to us. In terms of where we're going in the future, it's really the biggest themes have to do with how can we use the data and information that we have in that insight to help make more of the things that are done manually and take a huge amount of of work and thought how can we do those in a more automated fashion how can when someone comes in and posts their job can we just show them immediately the right set of candidates how when a job seeker comes and doesn't know what they're looking for how can we put the right job opportunities in front of them You know, one of the things that we have that is unique as a company is a view into the global labor market from both sides. So there is, you know, pretty much every government and most economists have a view of one side of the labor story. The, you know, the government typically has... uh, information on joblessness because people file those claims. They have information on employment because people pay taxes. What we have is this view of demand also. 
and we actually have uh, a chief economist um, who's been uh, uh, who just started recently. We had another one for the last few years, where we have all this data where they can look at external labor data and then look at what we have, which is what are people looking for? And because one of the things that's really most important in economics is not just the you know demand. You need the supply thing to understand where the mismatch is. When we look at joblessness, or in particular underemployment, which is one of the big problems. We, you know, we've had this this recovery that has been slower than I think everyone would have liked to see in, in the U.S. economy. A lot of it has to do with there are a lot of new jobs that are coming available, mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily have the match of skills for those jobs. There's been a huge growth in in the labor market in a need for people with STEM backgrounds. We're not producing STEM students quickly enough. And so trying to understand where those mismatches are and how we can actually help people. So one of the things that we do as a business is we make tons and tons of data available constantly. And our our economist is doing research and publishing that because we want to help try to make labor markets more efficient. The important thing is that we have a view of what people are looking for. We also have a view of what jobs are available. And one of the things that we want to do is to figure out how to help more people understand opportunities that Mm -hmm. they might not be looking for. And we have done a whole lot of work to understand what are the type of people and what type of background make them successful at doing this type of work and how can we put that in front of them as opposed to them just searching for it, but how can we push job opportunities to people that help them learn about things that they didn't know were out there. Chris, we're out of time, and it's been a fascinating conversation. Thanks for being here. Definitely want to thank my producers, Carol Carnes, Monica Ballard, sweet Jack Anderson, our technical director, and thanks for being here. We'll catch you next Saturday morning for another edition here on One Man Brand Radio from News Radio, KLBJ. KLBJ.